welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 218 of the podcast. I'm so glad you're tuning in today for another incredible episode with an incredible, extraordinary mom. You may notice that my voice is a little bit scratchy and weak today. Um, I have been battling a cold flu. I don't really know, but it has taken the wind out of my sails. So I still wanted to go forward with this interview even though I'm not feeling great, and I will let my guest Merrick do all of the talking. We'll try. <laughs> Merrick's art is how you'll probably know her online. She's a boy mom of three boys, just like me. She is a lifestyle blogger, and we're going to talk about how self-care has really revolutionized her day-to-day life and how she's been able to prioritize self-care, what's that look like for her, and specifically there was a quote that really changed everything for her, and she's going to talk about that. Sometimes as a mom, we can put ourselves on the back burner, but really it's not about being selfish in the way that we do self-care. It's about putting ourselves back on the list, and that is what we're going to talk about with Merrick today, so I'm really excited to chat with Merrick, so let's get to it. All right, I'm really excited to be chatting with Merrick White today. Hey, Merrick. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. We are fellow boy moms, so I'm excited to chat with you. <laughs> yes. Love hearing from fellow boy moms. Exactly. And I love, too, that your interests, you know, revolve around fashion and, and girly things, even while having all these boys. And so I love to know that you can hang on to that part of yourself and not just get in the throes of soccer mom life and feel like you don't still get to treat yourself and get ready and things like that. <laughs> Actually, everybody always asks me if I want a girl, and I'm like, I'm good to be the queen, you know? I don't, I don't need a princess to come in and take over. Yes, no, I feel the same way. <laughs> and and as soon as you go for that fourth, for the girl, you know it's going to be a boy. You just know right, it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you got to want a baby. you got to want a baby if you want a fourth one. <laughs> there you go. Well, Merrick, it's been such um, a pleasure getting to follow you online. I feel like you share such a wide variety of things in terms of your life, and I love your style, and, and I just love your vulnerability as well. So we just give people a little background on yourself um, for people that may not know you. Yeah. So, um, kind of to start at the beginning, um, I started in art. Um, I did art in high school and that was kind of, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, but when I got into art in high school, I realized that I was pretty good at it. And so I decided to go for that in college and do that as my major. Um, so I did my degree in fine arts and um, graduated from college and studied under some local artists for a couple of years and thought this was the direction that my life wanted to take. Um, and I got a couple of years into it and I just felt really um, blocked creatively. I was just really struggling to be um, creative and, and people would always say to me, you're so creative and um, and I felt like I was a fraud. It, it was really a hmm. difficult thing for me um because I felt like I would get these comments and and it didn't feel true to me and um around that time I had my first baby and so I was 
you know, starting motherhood and, and experiencing all the things that come with that. And um, I started dabbling in sewing because I had a little bit of free time. Obviously, now I wasn't working um, and I was just doing art in the evenings and at night when he was sleeping and my husband was sleeping. And um, I realized that I loved sewing and I realized that that's where my creativity was and um, for the first time really in my life I felt really creative where I could see something in a magazine or online this was when Pinterest was kind of getting going Um, and I realized I could use that as inspiration and create something unique and individual to me and that was so exciting and liberating for me to to finally feel like I found something that I was good at that I was not just um, kind of pretending and, and not that I was pretending with art, but, um, I felt like I had the skill, but just not the creativity. And so that's just kind of where my blog started. I was doing my blog as a family blog. Um, since I was in college, I started it actually as a place just to document my art. My mom asked me to, um, start it because she, I was in college out of state and she wanted to see what I was working on. So that's why it's called Merrick's art. Um, but I started putting my sewing stuff on there, and as I said, Pinterest was just starting around that time, and I I did a before and after of a sewing project that I did a, a refashion. Um, it was a men's polo shirt. It was my husband's old shirt, and I turned it into a top for me. So I took it as before and after, not really thinking anything of it, but I posted it on my blog and suddenly got this huge flood of traffic, wow. and people were asking if they could follow me on Facebook and I'm like, I don't even know how to set up a Facebook page. And <laughs> can I follow you on Twitter? I'm like, I don't even know what Twitter is. So it was just completely flying by the seat of my pants, um, day to day figuring out what I wanted to do with this blog. But, um, but really it was just me feeling inspired and feeling creative. And so that, that was a really long winded way of telling you where I came from. So now I blog full time with, um, uh, about fashion and about sewing and um, the fashion kind of came later on I realized that I loved creating and sewing things um, and then styling it to be on trend and fashionable and so now I have a mix of the two and I've had two other boys along the way and so now I'm a stay-at-home mom with them and a work-from-mom or work-from-home mom so that's where we're at Great. now. That was a very well done synopsis. I must say, that was really well done. Excellent. Hey everyone, so I know we're just now diving in to get to know Merrick, but we're gonna talk a little bit later about self-care. And one of the best ways I know for self-care is working out. And Merrick and I are gonna chat about that, but I wanted to tell you about an online opportunity you may not be aware of, and that is Yoga Glow. Yoga Glow is an online yoga and meditation you can literally do from anywhere. It's subscription-based month-to-month, it is versatile, it is simple, and there's thousands of classes you can access from the very comfort of your own home. I love going to the yoga studio, but really, it's just not realistic at this phase in my life. It is so much easier to log into Yoga Glow, plug in a workout, and do it from the comfort of my living room when my kids are napping or after they go to sleep. And really, there's nothing that restores my energy quite like a yoga practice. So, you can get your first two weeks of Yoga Glow for free when you sign up on yogaglow.com slash EMP. That's yogaglo.com slash EMP for two weeks free. Yogaglow.com slash EMP. Hope you'll check that out and let me know what you think. 
Alright, let's get back to hearing more about Merrick. Okay, so the first thing I want to point out is that you had no idea that sewing was going to be the thing that would light you up. And I think that is so important for other moms to hear when they feel like they don't know what their passion is or they've gotten, you know, they've gone down a certain path and felt like, oh, maybe this isn't a fit for me or something. You never know what's on the horizon. And by trying new things out, by exploring new hobbies and passions, and it doesn't have to be forever, but there could be something just on the horizon. Absolutely. And, yeah. and when I look back at my journey, if you want to call it, I don't know that I love that word, but but this um, journey that I've gone on with my blog for the last eight or nine years, um, you know, it's kind of wind, winded around and, and I've gone in directions that I thought I wanted to go in and I realized that wasn't really the best fit for me. And um, some would say that I was kind of a waste of time, but really I've seen it as a stepping stone and, and all of the places that I've gone with having kids mm. and trying out these different things and doing art and um, going to different conferences, you know, looking back, I don't, I don't see them as, you know, that was a waste of my time or that was a waste of my money or I should have done this differently. I really can see the, the whole picture now and say, I wouldn't be where I am right now without all these other lessons that I've learned along the way and I just think that that's so important to make mistakes and try new things and and just learn as you go because you're not going to get to where you want to go unless you try and, yes. and fail well yeah and even though art specifically in the form of painting or drawing or whatever you were doing was not your forever path no doubt that education gave you a background for composing clothing and the lines and the proportions and everything I'm sure that education really gave you a Board, even though it didn't stay in the same form forever. Without a doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I had um, Beth Allen on the show last week. She's an artist and, and she had, you know, kind of a similar winding path. She's a few years beyond us. Um, and she just said every single thing that we tried with our family and with our professions and everything were stepping stones to the next place. And and there were some times where you grieved leaving a certain stone because you thought that was going to be the stone and that's where you right. wanted to stay. And, and it's hard to kind of give up the things that you love or the things that you thought would be. And that can look different. It could be a diagnosis for somebody. It could be a job. It could be living in a certain place. It looks different for everybody, but realizing there's stepping stones all throughout. It's like a Candyland game to the end and clinging too tightly to any one stone, you know, just kind of holds you back. Yes, yes. Yeah. Kind of stops that growth and, and those opportunities. For sure. And so you have three boys. What are the age of your boys? They're very similar to mine, I think. Yeah, so my youngest just turned two. Yeah. My middle is five and my oldest turns eight next month. Okay, so I'm like a year to nine months ahead of you, I think. So, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're in this. And being a boy mom, I've talked to some other boy moms who feel like they do have to parent a little bit differently, just like girl moms feel like they're dealing with more body image issues and things like that. Is there anything that you are already thinking about in terms of being really intentional about the way you are raising your boys? That's a really interesting question. I don't know that I've ever specifically thought what I would do differently if I had girls. I'm surrounded by a lot of little girls. My my older sister has three little or four little girls and my sister-in-law has four girls and one boy. So there's a lot of little girls around. They don't live close, but I see them parenting their girls and um but I haven't really thought of the difference, but I think um it's a tough it's a tough time for boys to grow up because there's a lot of 
women power and, um, you know, strong feminine personalities that are coming out, which is amazing in its own right. Um, but those boys have to be really strong too. And I don't want in all of the throes of this feminine movement for those men to lose their masculinity and feel like they're less than. And so I'm trying to raise boys who are strong and independent and also gentlemen and kind and considerate. And I mean, I think that that's, that goes both ways with boys and girls, but, but I just don't want those, um, in that chivalry to be lost mm. with with this generation because it could it really could and mm-hmm. I feel like I as a mom need to be as a boy mom need to be um, aware of that and responsible enough to to help my boys become strong good men that will take care of strong good women. Oh, yeah. I could not agree more. I always say I want to raise my boys to be the men that you want your daughters to marry. You know, and, that. and that's a big that's a tall order to be intentional about that and so what does that look like it's not only being able to provide for your family and get these great jobs and you know prioritize education and everything like that but it's also tuning into the emotional aspects and getting them to be more self-aware and I think we're kind of in a shift of breaking that a little bit more open than maybe our generation or definitely our parents generation that there can be both. There can be yes. strength and there can be vulnerability in both genders. And and yes. I totally agree with, you know, wanting to be careful not to to squash or belittle the men that they suddenly are part of this huge stereotype. Um, that's not true of all men. Sure, there's right. some men, and I validate those stories totally from these these exploited women. But it's it's important to to look at it holistically and then to become really intentional, even from an early age and I'm just starting to to see that and it's becoming yeah. really important well and you talk about intentional parenting and and that has become so huge for me you know at the beginning when you when you have little infants it's like babysitting you know right. so yeah. I feel like I become a real parent when my kids start having personalities and opinions you know before that it's just like playing dress up with a baby right right and so I you know I've I've gotten to this point where my kids have opinions and needs and um, strengths and weaknesses, and and I feel like just in the last couple of years, I've really had to make sure that I am an intentional parent. And the thing that was the most surprising for me, which it shouldn't have been because I've heard this and my mom told me this all growing up, or you know would mention it. I come from a family with three girls, and. Um, she talked about how each of the kids had individual needs and how you can't parent all the kids the same. And so I knew this, obviously going into motherhood, but to actually experience that was such an interesting thing for me because the way that I respond to an achievement with my oldest uh, compared to my middle is so different. The way that they need a reaction from me or need physical touch from me or you know something my middle my middle child is so physically needy he wants to cuddle and and hug and he needs just those close moments where my oldest needs the words of affirmation you know so so exploring that it just makes parenting so fascinating and so interesting and also scary because I'm like what if I do it the wrong way for (laughs) for this one particular child of course I have and I've messed up a million times but but it's so interesting to to be able to meet and and see all those individual needs for each individual son. 
Sure. And that's with the same gender. And so really, I think we should just be looking at each child individually. And, yes. and gender is part of what makes them unique. And then there's other aspects and interests they have and personality traits that contribute to their uniqueness and the way that they need to be parented by us. Yeah. It's so interesting. It is. It is so, so fascinating. Hey everyone, I hope you are loving this conversation with Merrick. I wanted to introduce you to one last show sponsor, and that is Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. Casper products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. And did you know that you spend one third of your life sleeping? So you should probably be comfortable, right? Well, if you've been around here for a while, you know that I sleepwalk and have really restless sleep. And I know that a good mattress can make all the difference in the world. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amount of both sink and bounce. Another thing I love about Casper is the affordable prices because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to you. You can have this mattress delivered right to your home and there's free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. I love that they're all designed, developed, and assembled in the U.S. And you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. So why not try a new mattress? If you've been hemming and hawing over getting a good night's sleep, give Casper a try. And it's risk-free for 100 nights. And here's the great deal for Extraordinary Moms podcast listeners. You can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash EMP and use the promo code EMP at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. My husband and I just upgraded from a queen mattress to a king and we feel like we are living large. So if you are in the market for a new mattress, I hope you will check out Casper. And I want to thank them again for supporting this podcast. All right, let's get back to the rest of my conversation with Merrick. So early motherhood, when you have three littles, I mean, it can just be all you do all day is clean up Cheerios. Like it just feels like (laughs) you're just never done. And did you get sucked into the reality that that was the phase you were in and there was no time for yourself? Or how does self-care look for you and kind of how did that play out for you? You know, it's been it's been a progression and I look back at my early parenting years and of course I made a, a million mistakes like everybody does, um, but I wouldn't take it back and I feel like, as I said before, with progression of my job and my business, it was all stepping stones, and I wouldn't be the kind of parent today uh, that I am today if I didn't have those experiences as a new mom, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I'm just grateful that, that typically you get one child at a time. My little sister just had twins last year, so she didn't get it, um, you know, the same way that I did, but, but typically you get it one at a time, so you really get to learn and spend that individual time with with each child. So, you know, I, I, I really feel like I did take advantage of the nap time and bedtime to, to have time for myself and time for my husband and me together. And, you know, so, so I learned and I feel like the kind of mom that I am now is only because of what I've experienced in the past. Hmm. Hmm. Was there a certain quote you mentioned to me earlier? There was a quote that really kind of triggered you and re-clarified things for you. What was that quote that you were talking about? Well, so let me give you a little background to the okay. quote first. And um, so, as I said, I'm a work-from-home mom, and that 
this, it, that can be really tricky, right? There's no boundaries. There's always more that can be done. And I really got caught up in that. I'm a mom of three little children and running a business on my own. Um, and I got so caught up in busyness. Mm-hmm. And the bad part of it is, is that when you identify your life with bad habits, you know, when they become part of your identity, it's really hard to hang on to them. And the bad habit that I really struggled with was, was not sleeping mm-hmm. because I'm trying to be a mom during the day and um, I'm trying to work during the day and I'm trying to work at night and, you know, there's, there's always more that can be done. And so I was staying up late every night, going to bed at least by two o'clock every night. Wow. Um, sometimes later. And then, of course, I had to be up for school drop-off and making lunches and getting breakfast and all that stuff in the morning. So I was not sleeping and I lived in this fog I didn't even realize it was a fog. It was, it was, it was just so bad. I was not sleeping. I was not taking care of myself. I was not exercising and everything was just completely out of whack. And I was listening to a podcast, um, Allison, the Allison show. Uh-huh. You know her. She's fantastic. And yep. I had heard her podcast recommended by a couple of friends and I follow her on Instagram. And so I was listening to her podcast one day and she was talking about priorities and she's, I can't even remember if it was in that podcast specifically that she said this quote but she was talking about just taking care of yourself and getting your priorities in order and she said you don't have to be perfect you just can't quit Uh I'm not sure if that's exactly how she said it but but for me that was such a moment where I was like I'm starting these things and I'm making progress and then I quit and then I go back to it a month later and I've lost all the bit of progress that I made in that previous Ah. And specifically, she was talking about exercise. And for me, that was the biggest thing that was on the back burner for me. And I had this I had this goal every year to exercise more and take better, better care of myself and sleep more. And, and I don't do it because I have a bad day or have a bad week where I fall off the wagon. And then a month goes by and, you know, I just I just fall off. Yep. And, and so that quote for me, for her, her saying that was such an eye-opener for me that I don't have to be perfect and exercise every single day or eat well every day or sleep eight hours every night, but if I have one bad day or one bad week, that doesn't mean I should quit. I I just need to keep going, and that progress will pay off, and so, and also her talking about priorities, that was huge for me because I'm listening to her talk about her priorities, and all of us are given the same amount of time mm-hmm. in a day, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I realized I was, I was squandering a lot of that time where I was, I had these goals and I had these ideas, but my day-to-day actions were not, um, pushing myself toward those goals. And so I really had like a come to Jesus kind of moment that day when I heard that and I thought, what are my priorities? What, what do I value and what do I what do I need to do to make my life what I want it to be? Because living in a fog where I'm exhausted and I'm stressed and I'm always behind, is not a way to live. It's not. And so this was about eight months ago. And I said, so my first priority is that I need sleep. Mm-hmm. And another one of our, my priorities is that I need to exercise. And I know that it's good for me and I hate it, but I need I know that it's good for me and I just need to do it. And so I had to completely rearrange 
my schedule in order to fit it in. And so I, I walk myself in my mind through all these different options of how my, how my day could look. And the only way that I felt like I could fit exercise in and also, um, daily scripture study was to get up early. Mm-hmm. And when I'm staying up until two in the morning, I, how do I get up early? Right. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I, I said, I have to go to bed early and it's so hard. Like I said, I identified like staying up late was just part of my identity and I kind of thrived on that identity. Like, Oh, I'm getting so much stuff done. And, but I really wasn't, I was exhausted and I was procrastinating. And, but you know, I I held on to that stupid bad habit so hard and it was hard to let go but I just had to force myself because I said, I can't get up when the alarm clock goes off at 5.30 if I am going to bed at 2 in the morning. again. right? I have to be in bed realistically before 11. And so those first few weeks, I literally had to force myself to walk to my bed, put my phone away, get into bed, and fall asleep. Did it work? It did. Oh, you, know, and, you were tired. <laughs> I was tired. I, I have no problem falling asleep. Okay. I, you know, I, I, I'm blessed with that gift, thankfully. My, I got that from my dad. Fall asleep anywhere, <laughs> sleep anywhere, fall asleep in two seconds. Um, and so I just forced myself at 1030 to get in bed and go to sleep, put my phone away and not get distracted. And so then when I was going to sleep and I was getting that full seven hours, I could get up at 5.30, and I could do my scripture study for 30 minutes, and I could exercise for 30 minutes, and I could get ready, and I'm completely ready for the day before my kids wake up, and that was the schedule that I had to put in place for myself, and just force myself to do it, like summon up all the willpower in the world, all of the willpower within my whole being, (laughs) and just force myself to do it for just a couple of weeks until it became a habit, and I've been doing it for eight months, and I still have hard days. There's still days where I want to sleep in or I push snooze a couple of times or whatever, but I, it was crazy. The moment I started doing that and I got a good amount of sleep and started my day with a spiritual note and then exercising where it's just quiet and I'm able to think and I'm able to move my body and, you know just start my day off like that it was night and day difference where suddenly I could focus and I could think straight and my creativity like shot through the roof I had all these ideas and I felt like I had time to do them and I felt like I wasn't really getting less done when I didn't stay up late because that's what I felt like I had to get stuff done that's why I had to stay up so late because I had all these projects I had to do and, and you know I was trying to plow through my to-do list but you know, you get past 11 o'clock and you slow down so much. At least I do. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I wasn't. I felt like this is my time to work and it's quiet and really sleeping. But it was just the opposite. And once I actually made that change and stuck with it, it got easier to do it every day. And I, I realized the big changes and I recognized how differently my day went when I started it the right way. And so it was this domino effect for me for me to put one or change my priorities and figure out like three things, sleep and my relationship with God and exercising and make those my priority and, 
everything else fell into place. And back to the quote where you don't have to be perfect, you just have to keep going. That's what I remind myself pretty much every day. Because when my alarm clock goes off at 5.30, I'm like, the last thing I want to do is get up and exercise. That's the last thing I want to do. I want to stay here in my warm bed, right? I think about the progress that I would lose if I quit. Because I've been doing this for eight months now consistently. And if I stop for a week, those habits are gone. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, you lose it so fast. And so I might miss a day. That's okay. Everybody's imperfect. I might miss a day. I might eat horribly one day. But but don't quit. That doesn't mean that it's over. You just start again the next day. The next day is brand new, no mistakes. You're back on the wagon and you just keep going and you don't lose that progress. And that was life changing for me. Wow. It really, it really was. Wow. Wow. I feel good for you. First of all, good for you. <laughs> Second of you. all, okay, I've had a really big aha with habits. Okay, so sometimes we do things that are habitual that we're not really examining and we don't realize is it a good habit or is it a bad habit, right? So here you are staying up super late at night into the early morning hours, but you're being quote unquote productive, you're making your garments, you're putting out content, whatever it is, and you feel kind of accomplished at 2 a.m. when you stole all these hours in the night when you were uninterrupted, right? Right. But then there's other parts of your life that suffered. You were living in a fog, It was hard to get up in the morning. You know, if it were me, I would be less patient with my kids if I were tired. You know, things like that. And so when a habit is such that it is, it may be accomplishing what you want to for the habit, but if it is bleeding into other parts of your life negatively, that theoretically then is a bad habit. It's not working for you. A good habit should be an isolated thing where you're accomplishing a certain goal, but it's not bleeding over into other things negatively. It could do it positively, but if it's doing something negative to other parts of your life, you need to re-examine that habit. Yes. Yeah. And then the other thing is making the choice ahead of time. I've done a lot of fitness revamping in my own life since January and simply making the choice that I'm going to do these set workouts five times a week. In in February, I made a goal of running one mile every day in February. One mile because I'm not, I had not previously been a runner. So one mile, it's all I need to do. And I made the choice beforehand that I would do that. There were some mornings I didn't want to get up and do it, but I knew I was going to because I already planned on it. Does that really have a big hold over you, like already committing to something and then knowing, I'm going to do this? Yeah, you know what? It, that's so interesting. I, um, I've i been listening to Gretchen Rubin's podcast. I haven't read her yeah. book, and I know I need to, but I'm sure you're familiar with her four tendencies. Yes. Um, so it sounds like you're more of an upholder, yes? Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so you, you make that goal, and you – hold yourself to it no matter what. Yes. So I'm more uh, of an obliger. Mm. So it is harder for me to say, I'm going to do this and stick to it. Okay. So for me, it's more like I have to set small things in place and set myself up for success. Um, so I, and like I said, I have to get up so early in the morning so that I can get everything for me in place before anybody else is awake. Because once anybody else is awake and needs my attention, <laughs> yes. I go to them, right? And I okay. forget myself. Okay. And so it's interesting how you have to set yourself up based on your personality sure. in order to be successful. And another part for me was 
I had to start kind of small where I started with, I'm just like, when I, when I decided to reevaluate my priorities, I couldn't just revamp my whole life, like all my decisions all at once, because it seemed so huge. And I was kind of setting myself up for failure. So like I started with, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get up early and I'm going to do my scripture study and I'm going to exercise. And those were like the only things that I changed. Obviously that was like a big, big change, but I didn't start eating healthier. I was not eating well at all before this. I would eat whatever I wanted and I would snack and I wasn't really paying attention. You know, I'd try to be healthy here and there, but, mm-hmm. but, um, but once I got those initial habits in place, I'm like, okay, those are now habits. It takes less of my willpower. Now I can move to yes. this other thing. Yes. Now I can start eating healthier. And then once that became more of a habit, then I can. And so I yes. think you really have to be self-aware of what your personality can handle, what you as a person can handle so that you set yourself up for success. Yes. Okay. We started a new budget the same day I started running my mile for the month. <laughs> that was a very bad choice because <laughs> they're both, they're too big. They're too big. Yeah. Not that you shouldn't budget, not that you shouldn't run if you didn't want to run, but and I also stopped Diet Coke that day, but I was back on Diet Coke four days later because it was like, that. I got to pick my poison, right? So yes. uh, <laughs> you have to be realistic. And I love what you're saying is starting with what's the thing that's really going to make a huge impact in your life? And you chose those three, the exercise, the sleep, and what was the third one? My spirituality. Yes, and your spirituality. And by doing those three things that were super important – then other things could come next. And and no doubt even just doing those things naturally impacted other parts of your life without even kind of trying. Can you can you kind of identify anything else that changed because of those changes? Yes, absolutely. Tell me. I mean, once I had enough sleep, like I said, you're not as patient with your kids as when you don't have enough sleep. That was like number one for me. When you're working from home and trying to get work done and emails are coming in and texts are coming in, people needing this and you're trying to put out fires and whatever, on top of having young children that have needs and wants and attention, need attention to, there's just, it's setting yourself up for complete chaos and failure. Yeah. And, and so for me, having prioritized my day and setting specific work hours and being able to be awake and alert enough to focus during those work hours so that I could put work away so that when my kids come home from school, I'm able to be a mom fully. That was the biggest thing for me is that I felt like I, my life was in my control mm. and I could be patient with my kids and have time for them instead of trying to do everything at once. And then also, I didn't have work to be done in the evening. My husband was so shocked. He's like, <laughs> you know, those first couple of weeks, you don't, you don't have anything to do tonight? Really? Wow. Like, I actually work during my work hours when the babysitter was here. And it's wow. shocking. But I actually done everything then. So I can stay up with him and, and hang out and watch a show or just be with him, just talk. And, and that is so needed for a good relationship. And, and that was always put on the back burner. I hate to say it, but it was true. And, and so I, you know, putting those priorities in place, it really affected all areas of my life. And it motivated me. Like I said, I didn't start with, um, 
you know, changing those big priorities and also eating well. But mm-hmm. when I was exercising, it made me want to eat well. Sure. And when I was, when I had clear thoughts, I wanted to be productive, you know, and so it bleeds into all areas of my life. So I can truly say changing only those three priorities and uh, prioritizing those three things made me a better wife, a better mom, a better member of my church, um, you know, a better daughter of God, a better sister and daughter, you know, all these things. It fed into literally every area of my life. And that is not to say that I'm perfect in all those things because I'm so far from that. I still have bad days. We're still all human. We make mistakes and I stumble all the time. But it like puts it all in perspective so that I can jump back on the next day. And I, you know, if I've had a rough day, I say, I'm going to just shut everything down and I'm going to go to bed super early and I'll be ready for a new start in the morning. And it's just made that mental shift for me where before I'm like, well, if I, if things are out of whack, then I'm going to work on my to-do list more, Mm, you know, and mm -hmm. and so it completely backward. And so taking the time to take care of myself and have, you know, quality time and take care of myself physically and mentally and emotionally gives me so much more capacity to take care of others in that way and take care of everything else that I need to. Bingo. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Your voice just radiates joy, you know, and I think any of us can have that and tap into that if we're willing to really do the work to identify our values and then come up with a plan to go after those and and put our life in alignment according to those values. Identifying your values is only the first step. And a lot of people stop there. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So what would you tell exactly. what would you tell that mom that's exhausted, that's in the trenches of motherhood, that's feeling like she has no time to herself? Just speak to that mom right now. I would say figure out your priorities. And whatever they may be. It might be sleep. It might be working on on fulfilling a dream. It might be being a better mom. It might, who knows what it is. It might be eating healthier, but figure out your priorities and then just do something. You're the only one who can decide who you want to be and what you want your life to be. And sometimes when you're in the throes of motherhood and working and chaos and no sleep, it's so hard to get beyond that. And I get that. I don't have a newborn baby anymore, but I remember that. The other week, my kids were sick, and I was, like, hopping from one room to the next with somebody throwing up and somebody screaming out. And then, I, you know, and I'm like, I remember those days when I was so sleep-deprived, and, you know, everybody needs my attention. All I want to do is crawl on my bed and not get out for two weeks, right? I remember that, and that is a phase. That is a time, and that's okay. Get through that time until you get to a place where you can make choices for yourself and mm. you can make reasonable changes. You know, that's, a, that's just a time. This right. is a season, right? And so don't, don't expect so much from yourself then. Take the time to just be in that and, and it'll, it'll pass. Right. For those of you who are just day-to-day struggling, I've been there and it is no way to live to just live in this messy chaotic foggy existence there's so much joy and happiness and fullness that can be had in your life and if you just take the time to sit down and say what are my priorities and how do I make those priorities action and how do I change my life for what I want it to be 
that change will come. You just have to set yourself up for success mm. and, and reevaluate your schedule, reevaluate your priorities, and, and change will come. It's incredible. I'm a living testament. <laughs> you are. You are. You're a great spokesperson for positivity and, and making positive change. Allison would be so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I message her on Instagram all the time. I'm like, oh, my life. good. If haven't listened to her podcast, or if anybody hasn't, that is another fantastic podcast to listen to. It's just full of insightful things. And Rick Rubin. I mean, I'm listening yeah. by podcast right now. I, I, you know, they've completely changed my life. And that's what I listen to when I exercise. Mm-hmm. I still hate exercising. Even yeah. I do it every day, but it gets my, um, I mean, so mental. Yes, it is. Like, it's just that I need it. I crave it now because it's just a recharge for me. And I listen to my podcast. It's just time for me and time to get inspired and get excited and have clear thoughts and stuff. It's, it's just yeah. life-changing. It life-changing. is. It is, and Allison has been on this show multiple times. She was the maid of honor in my wedding. Did you know that? I did not know that. She's my best. She's my best friend. I love it. Well, you guys are made for each other. Yeah, she's 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 doing their thing. It's amazing. Oh, that's so fun. Also, another podcast request or podcast recommendation for you. Do you listen to the Life Coach School? No, (gasps) I don't. Merrick, I'm about to change. Your life. Okay, so do you know Brooke White? Yes. Okay, so Brooke and I are friends, and um, I introduced this to her, this show to her, and it's literally changed her entire life, and the, it will change yours as well, even more for the good. So the life, okay. the life Coach School with Brooke Castillo, and she does these episodes that are based on life coaching principles, but about um, setting boundaries and dealing with difficult people and having hard conversations and developing confidence. And, and so you can kind of pick and choose through kind of what you're dealing with um, by topic. But, oh, just you wait. Just okay. you wait, Merrick. I'm so I'm... excited. Okay, good. This will be a good companion. This is usually what I listen to when I'm running or walking um, on my own. It, it brings me a lot of inspiration. Puts a little pep in my step. <laughs> Uh, I think it's so, so great to pair those two things together yes. to get your mind working yes. and also have your body working at the same time and, and just kind of creates this perfect storm to, it you does. know, push you through your day. It does. It does. So will you tell everybody where they can find you online, Merrick? Yes. So my blog is MerricksArt.com and Merrick is M-E-R-R-I-C-K. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at MerricksArt and everywhere else on social is Merrick's art. Awesome. Awesome. I always ask my guests just one final question and it is this, what would you tell your pre motherhood self? That's a hard one. I think keep going because good things are ahead. Mm. It's a good word. Good word for today. Merrick, I have just been so encouraged by you and it's not only what you're talking about, it's the way that you're talking about it. I think that's why people love you online and it is why I am just so grateful to have gotten to talk to you today. Thank you for sharing. Jessica, you're amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Have a great, great day. You too. What a treat that was to get to chat with Merrick. Thank you so much for taking the time, Merrick. I loved hearing about your journey and especially the last eight months of your life. I love how making such seemingly small changes can really infiltrate your entire life and all the motivation 
And you may look at Merrick, you know, in past years and thought, wow, she gets so much done. She's so motivated. She has everything going for her. But to really hear the behind the scenes of the bad habits that were robbing her of her joy and her clarity of thought and just her self-care. It is so good to hear the behind the scenes of then how she's able to remedy that and live in such greater fullness and joy now. So great, Merrick. Thank you so much. If you want to see cute pictures of Merrick and her family, you can do that at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you could do that at jessicadalquist3, or I'm on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. You could also listen to her sister. You may have recognized her voice a little bit, especially in audio form, I could have sworn I was listening to her sister, Jansen. Yep, Jansen from Everyday Reading. Jansen Bradshaw has been here for episode 18, where she talked about finding time to read with your kids. And then she also came back on for episode 143 for summer book recommendations. So if you loved the tone of voice that you heard here, there's two more episodes for you to listen to. This Friday, I have a great episode from Autumn McKay. She's known better online as Best Mom Ideas, and boy, does she have some great ideas for you and your toddlers. If you're looking for more ways to interact with your child, um, if they're toddlers or babies, she has some great tips and tricks and books and resources that you can check out. So be sure to tune in this Friday for that. I want to thank you so, so much for sharing the show lately. I've noticed a lot of you have been shouting out the Extraordinary Moms podcast when somebody else online solicits, what podcast are you listening to? Who are you listening to while you work out? Things like that. And you are highlighting Extraordinary Moms podcast, which warms my heart more than you know. So I just wanted to thank you so much for sharing the show. I'm so excited because as we speak, I am packing for Utah to attend Allison's branding workshop. And if you're attending, I hope I can meet some of you. Be sure to say hi if you're a listener. Can't also wait to meet her new dog, Spike. Spike is legendary. And last time I was up there, Rad and I had a special bond. So I'm super pumped to rekindle my love with her son, Rad. Anyways, hope everyone has a great day. And we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.